0: By ministry in Haiti, Haiti Teen Challenge And we had just uh, heard a bunch of young women Who had come from a life of prostitution On the streets in Haiti And we were singing that song And thinking about God's power to save <laughs> Power to transform, power to deliver And He's doing it, He's doing it in us He's doing it all around the world As, as people cry out to the Lord And and That's why God is our greatest treasure. There's nothing compares to him. He is our greatest treasure our greatest um, there, There's there's no words for who he is in his greatness. Would you join me in praying? Lord, thank you that we could sing such beautiful truths this morning that we are children that we are free That we've been given a new identity that we've been given life and forgiveness all these things we sing because of who you are and what you do. God, you intervene in the brokenness of our world and the brokenness of our lives. And you take the mess of who we are and you make something beautiful and glorious. And we thank you, Lord, for doing that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple dates to be aware of July 1st and August 26th. Um, Last Sunday, Bill preached out of Romans 6 about um, this union we have with Jesus, and the, the, the word Paul uses is baptized. We were baptized into Christ's death, and we're raised into his life. Well, um, Jesus left a couple things for the church to do on a regular basis. One is to celebrate the Lord's Supper together, so we Um, Every month we take bread and we take a cup and we pass it around remembering Why Jesus came and what he accomplished on the cross. Well, the other thing Jesus said and commanded was to baptize to uh, Go through all the world and baptize and so uh, what we do is we go down to the creek right here I haven't been here for a baptism, so I'm excited to be part of this and and uh, we we literally dunk people under the water (laughs) But there's nothing special about that, but it's pointing to the most special thing, which is the new life that we have in Jesus, that we are dead, and now we are coming into the new life, the resurrected life of Jesus. And so um, we would like to invite you, if you haven't been baptized, if you... Have experienced the love and the grace of Jesus in your life And you want to tell the whole world about it Well, Jesus says the first thing you do is you, you get baptized And that's your public statement of who you belong to And so if you haven't done that, I would invite you uh, To talk to me or one of our other pastors or elders And we'd love to talk to you more about that So as we continue to walk through Romans this morning We're going to be in chapter 6 But uh, before we read that um, There's a theme that I... trying to highlight as we look at the good news of Jesus and that we don't have to be ashamed of this amazing news and the fact that the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. There's this idea of glory that's uh, woven throughout the book of Romans and and we see God's glory, His beauty and His joy and the the delight of who He is and I've been saying that human glory is fading. And so we, we get glimpses of glory in our lives as human beings. But God's life, or God's glory is an increasing glory. And God's desire, ultimate desire, is to share His glory with us. That's good news. <laughs> so as we go through Romans, we've looked at justification, how we're made right with God into a right relationship. Right now we're going through sanctification, the process of that Righteousness being made a reality in our lives, but where we're going is Glorification God's ultimate end for each of us is glory And that's where we're going. But in the meantime, we're in sanctification and 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 we Many times in church we we, we preach a lot of justification a lot of glorification But a lot of times we skip through sanctification, but this is so important For our lives because it has to do with the nature of salvation What is God saving us? For and from and I I just want to say real clearly salvation is not Just a get out of hell card. Okay, some people have seen it that way or have talked about that way I just say a Prayer and then then my eternity is taken care of and and it's not just a ticket to heaven now Both of those things are true (laughs) God does rescue us from condemnation and from hell. And he does give us eternity in heaven. But salvation is so much more. It's it's this new life with God. It's this glory of God that's being made a reality in our lives both now and for all of eternity. And so we are justified, but the sanctification, this process of being made new, of realizing this new life, is ultimately what God has for us is that we begin to experience this deep abiding relationship with Jesus what Bill talked about last week this a union with Christ and it's this this process of sanctification where that gets worked out and made a reality in our lives that's so important for understanding what Salvation is So let's continue in that journey. If you would stand with me in Romans chapter 6 We're going to be starting in verse verse 15 through 23. You can follow along on the screens or if you have your bible What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves of the sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap of that time of the things you are not ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. So Paul starts verse 15 With a question, what then? And so in light of where we've been in chapter 6 of this deep, amazing union with Jesus that's been made possible, that's been provided for us because of Christ's death and His resurrection, and we too have died with Christ. Literally and spiritually in every way, the old Ben and the old you in Christ is dead and gone and there's this new life that is being born. And so the question is, how will we live in union with Jesus and grace? If you go back all the way to chapter 5, Paul says, we now stand in grace. And Bill did a good job last week uh, re- showing us the scandal of grace. It's scandalous. <laughs> grace is, is scandalous. And we're, we're really good at seeing the scandal in others, but not so much in ourselves, because we, we want grace. We need grace. But when we see it in others, we think, man, do they really deserve that? Is, is it, should it really work out that way? You know, and we, we have our different categories of sins. And so you, you talk about a murder and you think, think, can they receive the grace of God? And the Bible says, yes, <laughs> it's scandalous. There's no sin outside of God's reach, outside of his power to save the human being from. And so how do we live now? Now that we've received this scandalous grace, this radical, abundant, lavish grace, how do we live now? And Paul says very clearly, we don't continue in sin, right? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? He says, no way. (laughs) Don't even think about it. it. God has a new life for you. No longer in sin. And so... In this passage, we begin to see the reality of sin as slavery. Now, Paul's going to talk a lot about slavery here because the reality in his day is slavery was a big part of the economic and social system of the day. Thank God it's not anymore, okay? It's good news that we no longer have slavery, okay? But Paul was using an example, In fact, in verse 19 he says, I'm using an example from everyday life. So he's using this as an illustration to help people understand. We don't fully understand slavery as much, but I think there's some ideas here that we can grasp and hold onto. And so this idea of sin as slavery, meaning we were under the control, the mastery of sin. It's the reality of our lives. And Paul says, you used to offer yourself. And so we used to live offering ourselves to sin. Now, the d- great deception of our day and of all time of human beings is that somehow um, we could have a freedom to do whatever we want and that we were free in doing whatever we wanted. In fact, that was part of the temptation of Adam and Eve, wasn't it? Did God really say? And so the reality is, In our culture that we are surrounded by is people say don't tell me what to do or not to do I want to do what I want to do. I have desires. I have needs and I'm going to do whatever I want to fulfill those needs And those desires and we see the result of that all around us And the Bible is very clear. The end result of that kind of life is death, despair The reality is uh, I've been looking at reading a few studies that have come out recently that Talking about suicide in our culture and never in American history has there been so much suicide across all economic all age lines in our nation And you have to ask yourself what's going on and a lot of people can point to different specifics But but I think the scripture is very clear and it talks about suicide not as the ultimate sin But as a symptom of the human reality the human dilemma of despair It's part of the human dilemma part of the sinful condition. We find ourselves in and so we shouldn't be surprised that this is a natural outcome of sinfulness in the human heart and So there's so much despair Because life a life devoid of God is no life at all But our culture has said do whatever you want pursue whatever you want But when we do that we find no identity we find emptiness and despair but God says that He alone can give us an identity. He alone can give us meaning. He alone can give us life. But, but the culture and our world says, say no to boundaries or do whatever, do whatever you want. And so what do we do? We offer ourselves to sin. We sin because it, it feels good, right? There's, there's something attractive about sin. Otherwise we wouldn't do it, right? There's, there's, there's a, a momentary glory. I think sports is a good illustration in this in that um, people are willing to do anything to get an edge to experience the glory of success in sport and we've seen that where where people will uh, cheat either through steroids or other things right now the World Cup's going on and there was a big uh, controversy Uh, this was a long time ago but there was a soccer player who Who from Argentina who made a goal using his hand so he threw the ball in but no one really saw it So he got away with it for a little while until the pictures came out and they realized he cheated And so he had a momentary glory, but then it was taken away recently. I think of uh, the um, Lance Armstrong who 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 was a very successful Bicyclist won all kinds of awards, but it was found out he was using steroids. He was cheating Right, so there was that momentary glory. It felt good. It felt right. It was justified in his own mind. We do this, okay? We can point at these people, but we do this. This is, this is the nature of sin, but it's, it's a fading glory, and so God needs, wants to rescue us from that, from that slavery, because we keep going back to that thing. Whatever he says here, don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey, and so people Say, I'm free to do whatever I want, but the end result is what? Slavery, death, despair. But then God says there is a different kind of slavery. And so Paul uses slavery in the negative sense, but he also says there's, a, there's an aspect of slavery that God is calling us to now our identity as we've already sung this morning is not as slaves in romans 8 it says no we are not slaves we are children and by him we cry abba we cry daddy father and so our identity as children but there's something here in the illustration of slavery that helps us understand the process of sanctification and what is required in sanctification in our lives and so verse 17 is key this is the key verse in this section but he says but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance now I gotta say many churches and pastors avoid this subject because this is hard but this is the crux of the salvation that God is calling us to he's calling us to a new life in Christ with Christ But it means, it means obedience. Now Paul makes a clarification here. This is very important. We know that our salvation is not earned. (laughs) We in no way can please God in our own strength, our own actions, our own obedience. But as a result of what Christ has done on the cross, as a result of this scandal of grace in our lives, we are given an impetus and a desire to obey. And it says, from our hearts. And so from our hearts, we obey the pattern of teaching that has now claimed our allegiance. Now, because we don't understand slavery as much as today, I want to use a different illustration that I think helps us understand in our day what Paul is talking about. Now, many, maybe some of you here and many in our community have served in the military. Now, when you serve in the military, you sign up, you are signing up, you're making a commitment to a way of life, correct? And in that way of life, you can't do whatever you want You are under command. You're under orders. And so when you sign on the line, you say I'm committing to serve in this capacity Our nation and our military You no longer have all the rights of other people, correct? And you have to live a whole different way of life when they say move you move (laughs) When they say go you go, right? And so what Paul is saying here in that way, we have In a sense joined God's army. (laughs) We have pledged allegiance to God's kingdom, to God's way, to a new life with Christ. And so our pattern of life is completely different and we are willing to sacrifice things for a greater cause. And so when that young man or woman goes into the recruiting office, they have their head held high. Why? Because there's a glory there's an honor in serving and willingly offering their lives for a greater cause and that is what Paul is talking about when we come to Christ we hold our heads up high because we see a greater glory there's a greater love there's a greater allegiance and so we're willing to say no to some things we're willing to sacrifice desires or longings that we have to say yes God, Yes to Jesus and so he says now it has claimed our Allegiance and you've been set free from sin and you've become a slave to righteousness <laughs> And so the pattern of our life is now under the lordship the authority of God We've willingly committed to God because he becomes our greatest commitment our greatest love and our greatest desire and so the great Important question for us this morning out of these verses is Who will we offer ourselves to? You see God isn't forcing us He's not holding a a gun to our head saying you must he's inviting He's allowing you to respond In fact when Jesus walked on this earth more people responded saying I don't want to follow Jesus than people who did Many, many people said the teachings of Jesus were too hard In fact, Jesus said, if you follow me, you must take up your cross and follow me And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood And it says that day, many walked away And he looked at the disciples and he said, will you walk away? And he says, Lord, where else can we go? Who else do we have but you? You see their their longing their heart was for Jesus. They didn't they, they they weren't worried about the difficulty of it. they just said to be with you Jesus is the greatest thing But for some people their own desires their own wants their own loves are greater than for Jesus And so we have to look at our own hearts. No one can make that decision for us. We have to say Will we offer ourselves to God? And I look, When I read this passage, I don't see dabbling as an option It's not an option just to put one foot in and one foot out <laughs> I mean, when you became a slave, that person owned you It's not like you could say, oh, never mind, I don't want to do this, okay This is all in or all out In fact, Jesus said that many who would claim to be his He would say, I never knew you Because many people use the name of Jesus, put on the outward uh, signs of being with Jesus But their hearts are not fully committed to the way of Christ And right now we can't judge all that, we can't see that in each other But one day the Bible tells us that everything will be laid bare Every heart will be laid bare No one will be able to hide anything We will all stand before God And God will see the true intention, the true loves of our hearts And so who will we offer ourselves to? That's the great question for each of us Paul says So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness What gives us so much confidence (laughs) to offer ourselves completely to Jesus is we know the nature of Jesus We know what he's like (laughs) He, it's not like He's hidden His heart from us. He's revealed it. He's laid it wide open for us. And it's on a cross, dying for you, <laughs> for me. It's love. It's, it's the heart of God is one of love, of goodness. His desire is ultimately good for us. And that's why He says, he when we offer ourselves to Him, it results in a righteous life that leads to holiness. Now, holiness isn't one of those other big words that a lot of times we 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 don't fully understand. But it basically just means different, <laughs> unique, uh, separate, strange. It's 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 different. But the good news it's a it's a good life because God is good. God is holy, meaning He's good and perfect and, and pure and and all the best ways of life and God wants to share that holiness with with us. So who is God like? Well, the Bible tells us he's full of love, he's full of joy, he's full of peace, he's full of patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Over and over the Bible tells us the Lord is gracious and slow to anger and rich and abounding in love, forgiving, that is what God is like. And so when it says we too can share in his holiness and his life, it's a good life. (laughs) It's a good life both now and for all of eternity But you can't dabble you have to go all the way with him So what is the benefit of offering ourselves completely to Jesus? Well as as I was thinking about this as as it's Father's Day um, I had a experience after my son was about three where I was super frustrated with myself (laughs) as a father, because I had set out to be the best father, the perfect father, and I was failing (laughs) miserably. I was seeing all kinds of sinful patterns in me and and reactions, and just, just I felt like I was failing. I, I came to God desperate, and I realized what I believe Romans 6 is talking to us about this morning, that that I was approaching it all wrong. I was trying really hard, But God was saying Ben It's not you. It's me that you need You don't have what it takes. You need me and I realized that I needed Jesus (laughs) Desperately as a father and it was in that place of crying out to him and and offering myself to him that I discovered the, the, the lie that I had believed Is that somehow I was going to be enough for my son When the reality is what my son most needed Was his heavenly father And God had called me To point him to his heavenly father But I was getting in the way <laughs> And so I needed to in a sense give up Offer myself to God And allow his holiness His life in me My focus had gotten off and here is what sanctification is: it's it's giving our lives over to God completely, offering ourselves to Him. Now, it would be great if I could stand up here and say I became a perfect bad. I did not, <laughs> far, but I experienced the life, the holiness that the the internal perspective that God gives in this passage as I gave my life over again to God, and that is the process we do over and over in the Christian life. What did Jesus pray in the garden? Not my will, but yours be done. I'm going to invite the worship team up as we conclude. They're going to conclude with a, a special song here. And as they come, think about this idea. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's worth giving yourself to God.